hey, you know how we're doing wake up call this week? I have a really good idea for the social media post. Oh, okay. Sure, I normally do that, but if you want to, that's great. You want to get involved in that side of things? Sure. What do, what do you want to do? Okay. So, it's pictures of us asleep. <laughs> really? Yeah, cuz we're going to get a wake up call. And then we like post pictures of us awake after, I guess, but you want to yeah. post pictures of ourselves asleep? That feels kind of creepy. Wait, well, we- it's funny cuz like Jesus is going to give us a wake-up call. It feels kind of creepy, but, like, we'd have to, like, each get up in the middle of the night and take pictures of each other before the episode posts. Well, I'm already halfway there. Look, here's all these pictures of you. What? Why do you have so many pictures of me sleeping in your phone? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello. I don't really have a bunch of pictures of Danny asleep <laughs> in my phone. I no, just she only throw that out there. She only drew a picture of me asleep one time. <laughs> Listen, I was practicing my art skills, yeah. and you happened to be next to me asleep, and at you the weren't time, sleeping. And yeah, you had insomnia one night, and in the morning she's like, like "Look what I drew!" Tonight, and so come a- on over. <laughs> I'll paint you while you're asleep. (laughs) And then he thought it was really creepy. I was, I was surprised to say the least. Like, oh, you drew a picture of me sleeping. And it was super early in our marriage too. (laughs) It was like the first year or two. And I just, I was like, this makes sense. We're married. It's fine. I'm glad I inspired you. My immediate reaction was one of what, what is going on? It was confusion to say the least. I guess I was like, how could I, 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 you know what? I was humbled. I was humbled. I was like, I never thought that I would be someone who while sleeping would <laughs> inspire you. <laughs> you inspire a girl to draw a picture of you while you're asleep. It sounds really creepy, but it was really just like, I was practicing like the shape of your face and like the, the eyes and everything. And so I guess I could have just like gone and looked at a picture on my phone or something, but whatever. Yeah. Now everybody knows I'm a weirdo. That's all right. <laughs> well, I need to blow my nose. So okay. Can you... <laughs> I just realized. I'll edit out the sound of me blowing my nose. Ready? Ah, nice clear nose now. <laughs> it was like magic. Through the editing of magic, it's like you weren't, no one was even Through there. Through the editing of magic. Through the ma- I did not know <laughs> that you could Edit magic. That's yes. incredible. <laughs> Through the magic of editing. Is that how necromancy came about? <laughs> yes. Yep, exactly. Awesome. Um, so welcome to our Christian podcast where we talk about <laughs> the history of necromancy. <laughs> to a very uh we're discussing Hey, a, a, there's necromancy in the Bible. There's folks rising from the dead. There are, yes. <laughs> I was Dan like, was oh, I, so uncomfortable. I was like, wait, is this that? Is this that like that like edgy joke about Jesus is a is a zombie or whatever? I'm like, no, there are other people that raised from the dead, not just. I was actually Jesus. thinking about Lazarus, but yes, right, okay, yeah. There's lots of uh, and there's necrom, yeah, and there's actual. What's is it? Is it King Saul goes to an actual like witch to get information in in like the fact that he hates David. 
Right? Oh, you're the one that I always uh, consult on biblical references. And he actually talks to Samuel. Saul talks to Samuel from the dead. It's like this one weird moment where he goes, where like an actual mist, like a, a witchcraft performing person actually connect, talks to someone in the Bible. Sounds badass. <laughs> is it not? Oops. Was that I the guess. Thing to say? No, I, I guess know. it is. <laughs> it's like, your face tells a different story. I'm trying to think about how that, that <laughs> section was taught to, to us because it was like this weird thing where it's like, you know, he goes like King Saul goes to a person and it's uh, it goes to a person he's not supposed to go to, like a witchcraft person and, gotcha. and act, but actually successfully communicates with the dead and like learns that. He's like, I don't remember what he learns. But he's learned like basically like he, God don't God don't like you as the king no more. Gotcha. David's taken over, and he didn't want that answer or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was quite a wake up call. Oh, there you go, for, <laughs> bringing it back around. Yes, because this week we're talking about wake up call from the first album, Reliant K, <laughs> as performed by the band Reliant K. Uh, and yes. yes, but first we do have voicemails. Nice. And we have voicemails from some new people. Oh. So here we go. Hey, Dan and Jessica, this is Sean from Pennsylvania, or as you might know me, Continuous Thunder. Uh, we've, uh, interacted a couple times on Instagram and Twitter, uh, under my Continuous Thunder handle. That's at CT Music Review. Uh, shameless plug there. Uh, I found you because you guys commented and liked, uh, some stuff for Lion K related posts that I made recently. Uh, in the past, and I started listening. I like what you guys are doing a lot. I'm starting to binge through it and everything, and I've been wanting to wait to call you guys uh, until I caught up a little bit more, but there's, like, some like some callers that it's, like, every five minutes I want to pick up the phone and leave you guys a voicemail, but there was one thing in particular that I just had to comment on. It was on your uh, 17 Magazine episode. You mentioned in the first verse you have some pronoun confusion whenever Matt says his sister said, she said, it's good I know my kind. And you kind of interpreted it as she's telling him it's good that he knows his type. And that's not really how I ever heard it. The way I always heard it, even way back when, whenever I first heard the song was, she's saying it's good that she knows teenage girls, like she understands teenage girls. When she's saying she knows her kind, she's talking about she's good that she knows her kind as in women or, or teenage girls and everything. It's not about him understanding that, uh, his type and what he likes and everything. So that's just, that was my interpretation of it whenever I heard it. So yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't mind anyone calling us up as they listen through the show. First of all, I want to know who's actually going back and listening from the beginning. Yeah. I hope people are, but we've never actually had a lot of solid proof. Maybe once or twice someone tweets like I'm listening from the beginning. But like we'd like like love to know if people are listening from the beginning. And if you call up on something we've already discussed or figured out again on a later episode... Whatever, just call up. We yeah. can always. I love, repeat- and that's great because we're we're talking about the self titled album yes. again this so week. This works so perfectly. it works out well, yeah. And I love repeating things we've already <laughs> talked about on the podcast. You'll learn that as you listen back through the old episodes. I tell the same stories. There's one coming up today. There's one coming up today. The only thing worse than beating a dead horse is Danny because he just keeps beating it and beating it and beating I love, it. I love dead horses. It. Dead horses need the most love of all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but that interpretation of that lyric, I'm not, 
I did, I don't have the lyrics up here to look at seventeen. I have the lyrics up for Wake Up Call, but that uh, that also makes sense. If I went back and and reread through, I could see how it could be. It's good, you know, your kind. That would be Matt Thiessen saying that to his sister. It's good, you know, your kind. Right. As you're giving me advice on girls, and then I realized as I previewed this call earlier, I was like, wait a second, there could be a third one where it's like, I, it's good, you know, I know. You, I don't, I don't remember what the actual lyric is, but it could be kind, meaning like nice. Who knows? I'm not, we're not delving back into Seventeen Magazine right now, but maybe there's a third interpretation, which could be absolutely rejected. Is it kind we, or is it type? Kind. It was kind. It was kind. Okay. Yeah. Because we talked about how it didn't quite work for us. Remember that? Like, yes. it, the word is kind, where right. it's like it, it would be you good, you know your type. Right. If you're talking about the kind of person you want to be in a relationship, you typically say type. So we were a little befuddled on interpreting that. So possibly uh, Sean's interpretation here is more likely just given that fact that you would say type, not kind. And there's just a little bit more of Sean's voicemail here. Uh, otherwise, I love what you guys are doing and uh, hope you guys keep it up. I'm really enjoying what I'm hearing. And uh, oh, one last thing. I, I also don't know if anyone set you straight on this one either, but those those like box drums that you keep seeing in the cover videos and everything, that's called a cajon, a C-A-J-O-N, cajon. They're really cool. I've seen them used. I've played in bands to use them and everything. So yeah, it's pretty great. But yeah, keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to keep listening. And uh, thanks guys for putting all this hard work in and doing what you're doing. Yeah. Bye. See now that's one that we do figure out. He'll he'll yeah. he'll learn that we did figure out. See, so but I don't mind. It Give does not call. it does not hold us back from continuing to refer to them as those box things they use at <laughs> church though. So Right. <laughs> so thank you for the call. Thank yeah, you so thank much. You. And thanks for the encouraging words. We don't really get a ton of them. <laughs> we, <laughs> not from new people. Like the people who are we actually like average around 20 voicemails a week and yeah. like 19 of them are just you suck <laughs> right. stop recording so exactly so uh here's another voicemail that i didn't get a chance to preview hi dan jess this is jared slusher uh, i've been listening to y'all for about a month now and i think i've messaged you all a few times about random things uh but decided i would go ahead and leave a voicemail i uh, love the podcast ryan k is my all-time favorite band, and so the fact that uh, Sadie Hawkins Pod is a thing is awesome, and I've really enjoyed uh, going song by song, and I just finished all of 2019, so I'm a little ways behind, uh, but I just also started kind of listening to the new ones that come out, so also trying to uh, just keep afloat with what y'all are doing, uh, binging while I, uh, while I do Grubhub drives for about three to five hours, so got some quality entertainment that's cool <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah like i know how people listen to podcasts because i hear it on other podcasts like people saying like i do this i do that oh i thought you but meant it, just in general it's how just people listen to podcasts in general well i mean like when people say like i listen to you on my drive and listen to that we know how like dan we know how like dan you can see my socks listens he told us he he calls up and stuff and he listens at work and he calls up on his drive to and from and stuff, but we don't have those other narratives of like, how do people listen? Are they waiting until the episode drops at midnight on Tuesday uh, Pacific time? Because the last couple of weeks I've been late. <laughs> so I'm like, I would feel bad if someone's like sitting there waiting and I don't know, no one ever ta- tells us how they listen. So more, more stories about how specifically you listen, like Jared's story here. That would be great. 
Thanks for doing an awesome service. Yes, thank you very much. There's a little bit more to Jared's voicemail. I actually just bought the Employee of the Month EP based on the fact that Dan said the mixes were different from that and the Bird and the B-Sides. And so I thought I would check that out. And, uh, Dan, you're spot on. And y'all have already figured this out because I think y'all have done um, for the band already. And I think that's the one I saw major differences on. Uh, but, yeah, you're spot on there. I'm probably looking at being a patron soon because I'm getting paid now. Uh, I just moved to Colorado and got a job with Grubhub, obviously. Uh, but I really like what y'all are doing and want to support y'all. So that's awesome. And I've got a Matt Thiessen story whenever y'all decide to do Flaps Belong, little somewhat embarrassing, cringy teenage Jarrett in uh, asking Matt Thiessen something. Uh, but... Yeah, keep up the good work and uh, enjoy listening. So, take care. Okay, well, two things. One, his name's Jarrett, not Jared. Google Voice said Jared, and I didn't connect until he until Jarrett said I might join Patreon. I believe he did, because then I'm like, wait, we have a new patron named Jarrett. Nice. So he did join Patreon. So thank you very much. I hope it's I hope it's not a coincidence that there's a Jared and a Jarrett. I don't know. I'm confused now because my Google voice isn't like, hey, right. this is also the person who just joined your Patreon. <laughs> Let me know if I'm correct here, Jarrett or Jared. Google should be able to do that. <laughs> I know it should. Uh, but the other thing is, when are we doing Collapse Belong next week? <laughs> this, we're, we can Woo! announce this ahead of time. <laughs> we have our our March mapped out. So everyone can know Wait, next week. Wait, is Collapsible Long next week or the week after? The song Collapsible Long is next week. Okay. Then it's Who I Am, Hey, Who I've Been. Cool. And then it's Be My Escape Part 1 after that. That's that's March for us pretty much. So those are the next three songs that we're doing. Uh, go ahead and call up and everything. Be My Escape. We're, we still haven't done our Deathbed Part 2 thing. And when we do Part 1s and Part 2s, I think I don't, I, I'm perfectly fine with not doing them back to back. I think that's a f- perfectly fine way to go. That's the way we do it. So when we do Be My Escape Part 1, it's just going to be song discussion. And then probably episode 100, so like 10 weeks later, we're going to do Be My Escape Part 2, which is going to be basically like the deep dive, you know, because there's so much on Be My Escape that yeah. we were like, this is going to be a massive episode. So we're probably going to do it in two and we have a guest lined up for Be My Escape as well. So we were like, let's do the guest and the basic song discussion in part one and everything else we normally do in part two. And we'll kind of split them up a little bit. And then it'll also give us more time to have thought about what we talked about previously in the first episode. Yeah, but I definitely want Jared to get that Matt Teason story in yes. for Collapse. So give us a call by next week. And then I'll play this next week. We have a voicemail from David Park about our Patreon episode. I was like, do we play a episode? Do we play a voicemail about a Patreon episode? I was like, probably. Sure, we do, but we'll do it next week. Just to remind people, on Patreon, we just talked about Motorcycle Drive By, the K for Karaoke song, uh, originally performed by Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. <laughs> And it ties into our discussion this week. I'm laughing because Danny like paused and looked at me with his eyes slightly growing. And I'm like, no, no, no. I was, yeah, I was looking at you, but I was actually trying to properly go through the information in my head because this week we have to talk about Matchbox 20. Yes. Because they're a direct reference in the song Wake Up Call. And they, those two bands, those actually three bands, Third Eye Blind, Matchbox 20, and Three Doors Down all occupy a very messy (laughs) electrode in my brain 
where I know that they're not the same band. If I hear one song or the other, I'm like, oh, that's... And then I probably get the band name right. I feel like Three Doors Down is way different than the other two bands. No, they are. But it's just the fact that they all are from a similar time frame, late 90s. This is how we'll start our wake word. So now we're getting into discussion on Wake Up Call. <laughs> so thank you, everyone, for calling. Yes, thank you. And we'll get to David Park's voicemail next week. But before we talk about Wake Up Call, let's talk about this real quick. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's more like the fact that they're all a post-post-grunge... They're all post-post-grunge bands. They're all late 90s. Sure. Like, because you have grunge... You have grunge, right? Pearl Jam, Nirvana, early 90s, Soundgarden, whatever. Then you get into the mid-90s, Kurt Cobain's dead. Uh, there's still grunge on the radio. There's some newer grunge bands still mopping up, like, I don't know, the Toadies... I'm trying to... Silver Chair. So there's still some grunge hitting the radio. But the record industry is also evolving a little bit. So you got a little bit more Green Day with more punk stuff. You got some Weezer. And then by the later... The mid to later 90s, like the grunge isn't cool anymore. Everything's getting a little lighter. Everything's working its way towards pop punk and towards rap rock. But it's not there yet. So then you get stuff like Cake. Right, and you get these kind of weirder bands, sure. and weirder, more experimental ideas. If, speaking relatively to the rock, the alternative rock that had been on the radio for the last couple of years. So then you get Third Eye Blind, which is brighter, happier, actually depressing lyrics, <laughs> and you get Matchbox Twenty, which I have never done a deep dive on, but at least their songs on the radio are like clean production. Uh, Alternative for sure, but not really grunge at all. And then Three Doors Down, which feels like a kind of Venn diagram of like, you know, heavier, sort of influenced by grunge, but still with that cleaner late 90s songwriting style, like not muddy like Nickelback. Like Nickelback and Creed, right, are direct descendants in a way of like that grunge sound of the early 90s. Mm -hmm. But they're like cleaner, they're not as quote-unquote grungy they're like, like creed nickelback three doors down those are all yeah. in the same category exactly of like those songs that they play in u.s coast guard recruitment commercials yes, yes. Yeah. but they're that sort of cleaned up grunge both sonically and presented like in their image as a band wise right it's like a soul. It's kind of like a strip soulless. Is that too hard, harsh a word? I mean, people hate those bands, people, but other people love those bands. But anyway, it's more like because Three Doors Down, Matchbox 20, and Third Eye Blind all have numbers in their name, are all three, three word names. I know Matchbox is a compound word. But for the sake of argument, it's three basic sound like they sound like three word names. So I get them confused all the time. What about five for fighting? That is a really good point, but they're a little later than these three bands. But yeah, they're just a couple years later. They also fall into that. They do. Like Coast Guard. They do. That Coast Guard. Yeah, they absolutely <laughs> do. That's a really good point. It's like Five for Fighting was late to the party. This <laughs> this this party that I'm talking about, this very specific three bands with numbers in their name and three word titles, name, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I needed a wake up call to understand these bands better. We'll talk more about Matchbox 20 in a little bit. But yes, um, 
this song is an absolute banger. I love <laughs> the music. And, like, honestly, there are quite a few jams off this album. Like, right. the self-titled kind of gets a bad rap. But, like, Charles in Charge, Seventeen Magazine, Nancy Drew. Clearly, I like the more, like, pop culture songs than the, like, more uh, deeply religious ones. Mm-hmm. Uh and this is a nice act. Actually, this is a Venn diagram right in the middle of that. You get the pop culture references in this. Yeah. And you get the religious message. Right. This is like an, ex- this is both wrapped up in one package. Yeah. So many references in early Reliance yeah. Day. Like, <laughs> this album, like so many references. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it, they kind of keep that up through the, through the first three gears, but not as reference heavy as this album. Yeah. I feel like by, mm-hmm. The they reference, kind of, yeah. The reference stuff is not really around anywhere. Those those references, and you know what's I can tie it into this song. Matt Thiessen's lyrics, he kind of replaced the um, reference dropping with the more like, uh, not punny, but the like the 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 really sweet like like world wordplay wordplay. Yeah, and like sometimes they were technically puns. You get a lot more of that in, you know, towards the end of the first three gears into the Johns being in the band era. But in this song, you actually, there's, I never realized it, but we're talking about Wake Up Call and Benediction because they're technically the same song. They're two tracks. We haven't done this in a while, but when something is clearly just like a a movement, a, a separate track that's meant as part of the other song, we mix them together in one episode. The lyrics in Benediction that I never sussed out until I read them this week is, I know that pride comes before summertime and fall, right? Oh, okay. I know that pride comes before summertime and fall because pride comes before the fall. Right. That's what I always thought the lyrics were. Yeah, but he threw in pride comes before summertime and fall. Mm -hmm. So, and that's such a, that's the wordplay Smith relying uh, Matt Thiessen that you get so greatly in later eras and later Mm -hmm. albums. But here it is like, buried really deep on this album. It's, it's, it's in the, Oh, it's there. It's in the coda track to this album, to this song, to Wake Up Call. It's in Benediction, a song that no one probably ever thinks of specifically. No one ever thinks like, I love Benediction. Right. <laughs> People might, if you're listening to the album, you just think it's it's just the end part of Wake Up Call, which it's, is why we bundled them together in the episode. It's funny that you mentioned that y- you see where, with the lyrics, where Reliant K is going to go. Mm-hmm. You know, how they have the potential there in Benediction because... The ringing guitars in Benediction, it reminds me of Forget and Not Slow Down. So I think that that's kind of interesting that, like, you see that potential of what they'll come to fully develop later. Like, it gives me kind of Forget and Not Slow Down vibes. And we didn't even mention, but part of the reason we picked this song this week is because it's kind of going in in a loose trilogy for the last three. It's the end of a loose trilogy for the songs we picked for the last three weeks. We started with I Don't Need a Soul. Then we went to Man, and now we went to this song, which are this loose trilogy we kind of figured out as we went along this month in February of, like, wake-up call songs to about Matisse and, like, how... You can go back and hear those episodes, but, you know, we there was I Don't Need a Soul, then we figured out thematically Man was a wrap-up to that, but then Man contained 
waking up analogies. And we were like, well, then let's go back <laughs> and do wake up call. The the one part of this song I'm not a huge fan of is that the are you sleeping when you're praying breakdown feels rather shoehorned. It feels kind of like rushed and like he's really pushing to get it all in there and pushing the lyrics out. You mean just trying to get you when you say breakdown, you mean musical breakdown? Like, yeah, like right before it gets into that guitar part yeah. after he says it like he's yeah, it was too many syllables. Exactly. But maybe it was it was the core message of the song. <laughs> it's almost like the punchline. It's the point that they're building up to theologically in this song. So, yeah, that's another thing I want to mention is that so in this like post postmodern, like whatever you want to call it, this this post uh christian thing that we're all living in right now and by us i mean like ourselves people in their 30s and 40s who grew up in youth group culture and listened to this music so and and are now kind of dissecting it and going back and listening to it and like criticizing it i see it all the time like obviously there's us and there's magnified pod and there's other podcasts that touch on it as well, but I see the discussions online all the time in Facebook groups and on Twitter, people like dissecting, like what were we thinking with some of these lyrics and even the bands themselves, like Five Iron Frenzy and MXPX sort of like turn on some of their earlier work because they don't, or change the lyrics to those earlier works because they don't agree with them and mm-hmm. what they wrote as kids anymore. So we've done the same thing where we've looked at the, heavily religious songs in the first couple of albums of Reliant K. And sometimes we feel like this is like a kid trying to write like a deep religious song that when you look back on it, like there's no gray areas and there's too much judgment and there's, there's something actually missing in terms of grace or something that something's just wrong here. It Mm -hmm. doesn't, it doesn't work to the viewpoint of an adult (laughs) or possibly like a, like a more cynical adult whether you've turned and say you're not Christian anymore or you are Christian, you still do consider yourself Christian, but you feel cynical to some of the ideas you were taught in the 90s in a youth group setting. This song is, I would consider, completely theologically sound. There's nothing specific. There's nothing here that puts it in that category. Right. I think that this song is like, it's a perfectly, it's a great message. Uh, Whether or not you personally believe in any longer the idea that god has called you to do something like if you just don't believe in that anymore then it's not theologically sound to you but if you do still believe that god has a hand in your life uh then it is a theologically sound song because the basic premise of this song and it's an it's like an allegory of him sleeping all day and his mom or his sister somebody in his family I guess I never... I, that's a question really? now. Oh, I assumed it was a girlfriend. Oh, really? I always assumed it was a family <laughs> member. I always assumed it was his sister. That that probably tracks better. Right. But <laughs> I think in my mind... Well, now I'm sidetracked from the point I was getting at, because we got to discuss this. I always assumed it was Jessica, because of Seventeen Magazine, actually, coincidentally, that we talked about the song earlier. But just the fact that she was a character in, in another song... It created a tiny, like, cinematic world within this album of making me think it was her again, saying, like, you've been sleeping all day, get up. But it kind of makes more sense to be a mom of, like, what's the deal? Why aren't you waking? What's You're late for work. They just fired you and all that stuff. Right. So that's interesting. I never thought of that. But anyway, 
it could be based it's it's probably based on the idea that uh, i don't think it's based i don't think it's literal tison and that i don't believe it's literally something that happened like it could literally be something that happened but i don't think there's like one individual instance of this him, him having slept for 24 hours and refused to get out of bed it's probably like a an all day just a thing that would happen all the time mm-hmm. um but i think it's more of an allegory well, sure he's a rock star he's a rock and roller <laughs> you know he's got to play those late night youth group shows yeah exactly they got to drive four hours to another state and play exactly. a church and uh, and get free snacks <laughs> and then turn around. Play in a basement in Detroit where all the kids take you for granted that they're watching Reliant K in the year 2000 with Steven on drums, which there's, we'll get to today. There's nothing like church nursery graham crackers, am I right? <laughs> Especially when you sneak them. When the, <laughs> when the nursery isn't locked at the particular church and you're just like... You're so naughty, Danny. <laughs> I never did that. <laughs> Are you sure? It sounded like you were coming at this from a place of uh, experience. No, but I definitely at different churches that I went to, schools uh, attached to churches and, and churches would like roam around when there was nothing going on. You know what I mean? If yeah. I was there for gym practice or something on an off time and i could like walk around the church because no one's checking on you or yeah whatever like i was used to that idea yeah my mom uh used to when i was in sort of like my earlier elementary school years she taught preschool at the preschool that i had gone to um which was a baptist uh also a baptist church and so she would go in for like lesson planning days or whatever and I would like have to go with her if I also didn't have school that day mm-hmm. and like the other teachers would like bring their kids and we would all like run around in like the cemetery and run around <laughs> up in the they had one of those giant like tubs where they do the like baptisms yeah so they had a big baptism tub and we would like be like running around in there and stuff just being general nuisances, going to the tab machine. One of the four major churches in my life had a permanent like pool fixture, like a like a permanent tub slash pool fixture, and that they locked up. That they didn't let kids just go play <laughs> around in. But you it so would have. Like, yeah, it was like on the the way this church was laid out. It was like it, on the stage area. There was like an upstairs, and it was up there. Right. That it was. It was like. Was it like, permanently fixed into? Yes. The, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's what we're talking about the same so it was thing. Like you see, like there's like the cross hanging on the wall and stuff, but then even higher, it's like on a second floor. Gotcha. It was up there with like a whole viewing thing or whatever. We didn't actually attend the church. We. It's just where I went to preschool, and my mom ended up teaching preschool. Gotcha. Because most of the churches I went to were called were non-denominational, mm-hmm. but really leaning towards. Of what we now think of as evangelical and they didn't like do baptisms regularly but they would have them and then they would always bring out like a like a special tub that they put on the stage like a small tub that would like move around and they probably locked it up in in a storage shed somewhere where they didn't need it but one of the churches i went to was the denomination baptist but it wasn't at all what i learned baptist actually was to considered to the world later it was this like sort of odd 
like New England version of baptism where it was actually like if you went to any other Baptist church in the country, they would probably consider them to be the liberal hippies. Right. But they weren't at all. <laughs> they were just like they they just weren't as strict on certain stuff that a Baptist church would be considered to be strict on because they were in Massachusetts. And that's just not how people rolled, even if they were staunch Christian or Protestant. And so they had a permanent fixture of a swimming pool-sized tub behind a rise-up wall. And as kids, and I'm talking when I was a little kid at that church, we so wanted to get in there and play with it. (laughs) And there was never anyone saying, like, that is evil. Don't do that. No one ever did that. We were like, no, kids, don't don't play in the official baptismal of this church. There was no water in it. It was empty. So it was just like, we just, like, were, like, up there because that's also where they had the choir, like, would sit on either side. Right. And so we would just, like, go up there and play around and stuff. And I had never seen anything like that before because I grew up at that time I had only ever been to Presbyterian churches and then eventually we started going to a Methodist church so I was only familiar with the basin the little you know just like small wash basin type thing that they would bring out and then like christen you like sprinkle the the stuff on you because that's how I was christened as a baby with just like the little like right sprinkle the water over your head thing so that's the only kind of baptism that i was familiar with so so i i they had to explain like i think a teacher or somebody or maybe my mom explained to me what the tub was for because i was like why is there a bathtub up here this is this is a weird place for a bathtub (laughs) right i was also catholically baptized as an infant because my parents were still technically catholic but they were like lapsed but did not remember that at all and then my parents became protestant born again before i started developing memories so by the time I was like actually remember, knowing I was going to church, I was watching adults get baptized every couple months at this church. And I was like, when am I getting baptized? And <laughs> why true. can't I play inside? Why can't I play inside there after church? The minister almost dropped me because I was in this like, it, it had been like, I guess it was sort of like a family heirloom, but it was like the gown that like everybody else had been christened in my family. Um, and so it was this like white silk gown and the minister almost dropped me <laughs> oh no it explains so much i'm just kidding <laughs> well um, that's true yeah. no that's because i fell out of a cart at a hardware store oh. and hit my head on the concrete did you really kid. yeah when i was like three. Oh. well <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that note. was quite a wake-up call <laughs> i think before this tangent what i was getting at was that like um I think this song is basically an allegory. This song is almost like a Bible lesson that a pastor or a youth pastor would give in lyrical musical form. Like I could absolutely hear like a youth pastor, if this song didn't exist, just saying like, you know, when I was a kid, my mom would try to wake me up and I wouldn't wake up. And and one day she called it. One day she said, you didn't wake up. Wendy's call and you're they they fired you. I was like, oh no, not my Wendy's job. He's like, you could hear this as like an actual pastor giving a lecture, giving a story, sure. and then like the whole point would be that it would all be an allegory for: Are you sleeping when you're praying? Are you just praying because you think it's a mechanical thing that you your brain has to do? That's just something you do when you're Christian, and and that actually has multiple facets. That might not even be just the only interpretation of what he's getting at here. 
I had never really examined the lyrics in this song. Like, you know, you kind of just like hum along and sing along to the chorus and everything. And so when I was looking through them this week, I never realized that he was saying, take this world with a grain of salt. I always thought it was take this one with a grain of salt. And I was like, take what with a grain of salt? (laughs) The message of this song. It's cool to sleep (laughs) when you pray right on. Right. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. No, I think I always figured out they meant world. There's a lot going on in this song. Yeah. There's a whole lot going on in this song. And it's, um, yeah, it is like, even though they as a band in later years kind of thought that Stoffer to me was their like only song from this album kind of worth keeping with them a little bit and and being proud of. Mm -hmm. This song, you know, I, I guess if the cheesiness of like, the fact that it's a story about sleeping. Like I said, if the cheesiness of it almost being like a youth pastor's sermon in song form is a detractor, that's too bad because there's theologically nothing like, you know, off about this song. It's perfectly good. It's a perfectly good lesson and message. And it's a great song musically. It's a fun song musically. And so it is, in a way, like a very mature song for this album in which there are a bunch of immature songs. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Charles in Charge is great. There's nothing to be to be cringed about in that one, except that part where he's like talking to, I don't know, Boner or whatever the best friend's <laughs> name is. And he's like, you know, you, me and Jesus are going to go hook up with the girls from Baywatch and on your show. <laughs> and have a pizza party with yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they didn't write that song. That was the theme song. All those words, including the ones about Jesus having a pizza party, those are the original words from the theme song. I mean, that is wink, true. Wink. I have to say wink, wink, because I don't, I don't want people thinking I actually think that. <laughs> um, uh, so the yeah. this the theme of this song continues throughout Reliant K's discography. It does. Getting your uh, your life together after some sort of a mistake. I mean, it's on Hello McFly. Like, it's yeah. one of the most common songs. Uh, and it's not necessarily even, like... I, I guess that's another reason why this feels more mature and more um, uh, constructive of a theological message. Because there are so many other Christian punk songs, not just by Reliant K, but other bands, that are critical of, you know, criticizing where the singer criticizes their own walk or they criticize other people's walk in Christ. And it's not really constructive. It's just like, you're not living enough for Christ. You suck. Or I'm not living enough for Christ. I suck. Or I'm sinning too much. I suck. There's not really the I suck part of this song. There's just, just the, Hey, I've been sleeping too much. I haven't been doing what I should do. I haven't been doing what I've called, been called to do, but there's no lyric in this song where he's beating himself up about it too much. He just kind of like rubs the point of the song is just rub the sleep out of your eyes and get up, get going. There's no, like, there's no, it's a, it's, it's constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. It's not harsh self criticism. Like so many other Christian punk and alternative songs can get at and that might be another reason why the song isn't judging anyone including not really harshly judging himself everything yeah. in the first verse except for the last line is a conversation that you and I could totally have <laughs> I'm like why are you napping the day away and you're like because I'm tired exactly <laughs> 
So since pan- the pandemic, I've been sleeping. I've been taking a lot more. Now we've definitely talked about this, but we, yeah. I've had a lot more naps here and there. Usually and around three p.m., he's like, "I'm just, I'm just gonna go lay I down just, for a I little just bit." I just can't, and it's I'm not just even go lay down because my bit. workload hasn't really changed too greatly. Like I've been very, very fortunate to have kept my job and work from home, and the workload itself hasn't changed. But sometimes I look at my workload and I'm like, this stack of assignments nobody's looking for no one needs these right now so you know if i was at work i had time to just kind of sit around you know i'd have time to like sit on the sit at the thing have a cup of coffee talk with people i'm taking that time that existed that time where i wasn't working those little moments and compacting them into a nap in the afternoon all the time uh so yeah i have been sleeping and the thing is like i've always been a heavy sleeper (laughs) and my whole life i definitely this song spoke to me and i have other examples of songs similar to this that spoke to me because like when i was i my whole life like i need a lot of sleep i need a lot of sleep and that's one of the other references is wake up uh, yuri wakes up screaming by really by by, what are they called Yuri MXPX. Wakes, MXPX. <laughs> Yuri Wakes Up Screaming by MXPX is like a song about that, like how Yuri, I guess, is, is like not a sound sleeper or he thrashed in his sleep and he'd like be screaming when he'd wake up on the tour bus or whatever. And then the last line is Yuri needs a lot of sleep. I'm a person who needs a lot of sleep. I've always <laughs> needed a lot of sleep. And when, like when I first met your parents and when we lived for them a little bit, when we first got married, I was like, I was like, I sleep a lot and I can't feel guilty about it anymore kind of the opposite message of this song but like in order to function i need like a lot of sleep and i can when my life calls for it not work on that sleep i have worked on movie productions where i'm getting like a six hour turnaround for a couple weeks at a time and it's insane and then i finally break and i sleep we finally wrap and i sleep for 14 hours or maybe even 20 hours that's certainly happened but I've always had trouble getting up my whole life. My parents always had trouble getting me up for school. It was just so hard. Like, I never slept. And now, I'm developing sleep apnea from my adult braces. So that's actually <laughs> making my rest not work well enough and making me more tired. So I took this quiz back around the time when we did this the This Week, The Trend episode. And it was Which Reliant K Song Are You? And I still have yet to be able to find again the link to this quiz. And I feel like it must have been, the quiz must have been made around just the time of the first album being out. Maybe Anatomy was out then by then too. So it was Which Reliant K Song Are You? And I got Wake Up Call. And here's what it says for the result. Your result, wake up call. You stay up all night just to sleep in all day and repeat the cycle. You lose your job at Wendy's because you are such a big loser that you never show up to work. Even worse, your mom has to wake you up and tell you that you lost your job. And just now you're starting to figure out you've been wrecking your life. Harsh. (laughs) Not incorrect. Harsh. Well, we talked about it last week. You kind of felt the same way when it came to man, which (laughs) is why we're doing this song. It's like time to wake up, shake off the shadow of Peter Pan. And you you talked about it last week. So you've been saying for yourself how your life needs a wake up call and to find your I'm speaking for you now. And I'm sorry, but I'm just summing up last week. You again, go back and listen to last (laughs) week's episode, folks. 
I have a lot of notes on this song. There's so much going on, and we, we haven't even gotten to talking about Wendy's and officially talking about Matchbox 20 and 3 a.m. yet. But um, one other thing, and we never talk about <laughs> Here's something we never bring to our Christian podcast, and that is specific Bible verses. Because I'm, I have read the Bible in my life, but I'm not like a good Bible studier. Ooh, Ooh. look at you! I've zero read the stars, Bible. zero stars. Oh, yeah, I thought you meant. Ooh, we don't read the Bible enough. Um, no, I was like, look at you. Oh, I've read something that's not just the kitty or the teen Bible. Look at you. <laughs> Or the graphic novel Bible. La-di-da, Mr. Frenchman. So I would never know this Bible verse on my own. I'm not that kind of, I'm not a good Christian. I had to Google it. But I knew that there's a moment in, and it is Luke chapter 22, verse 46, where Jesus comes in to see the disciples because he knows that it's during the passion section of the Bible. It's when Christ is just about to be betrayed by Judas and taken and crucified, right? He comes in and Christ comes to see the disciples in the uh, Olive Garden, not the restaurant, but Gethsemane, where where they all are and where Jesus is about to be betrayed by Judas. And he sees all the disciples are sleeping. And he says, and this is a quote now, Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation, Right? So this little Bible verse I have heard extrapolated, and this is not necessarily the message of this one little Bible verse. Like the point is, at this point in the chapter, like I actually had to kind of go and read some other comments on this chapter. And I just happened to have heard at least two or three pastors in my life extrapolate this specific verse in the same way that this song does about not sleeping when you're praying about like, you know, there's work to be done. Get up and work. Why are you sleeping when you're praying? And it's like a allegory or a metaphor for get up and work, get up and do your calling. Also, don't just pray uh, because you think it's something you have to do or you're praying and you're not, you don't actually feel it or you're not actually um, making your, you know, giving yourself unto God. You're just closing your eyes and saying words like don't do any of that. I've heard Many pastors take this one Bible verse and extrapolate it into that lesson that's not necessarily in the scripture specifically, but that's the lesson they take from this one verse. Because then, like, the larger story is, like, you know, he's with all the disciples in Gethsemane and and stuff's about to go down. Like, there's a lot going on at this section in the story, right? And Jesus is about to come up and kiss him and all that stuff, and the whole crowd's going to gather around and he's going to be taken away. But I've heard pastors extrapolate on that Bible verse, so I always kind of assumed that this song is from that same token. That he's heard that same thing of why are you sleeping when you're pr- are you sleeping when you're praying? If anyone else knows other Bible verses or other specific lessons that teach that, I don't know. I'm just talking about lessons I've heard, which were based off of this one particular verse. I'm totally not comfortable talking about this because I'm not good at talking about this kind of stuff. I just sit there and I take the lesson in knowing I sh- I'll just use it in how I live, but I'll never have to repeat it to anybody for any reason. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a pastor. You did great, Dan. Yeah. I'm a, I, 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 I live my life. And I uh, 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 just just lukewarm, and I'm just uh, just nice lukewarm bath. That's me. 
sounds terrible. <laughs> nice lukewarm cup of coffee. <laughs> so anyway, that's the Danny tries to talk about the Bible section of our Christian podcast. Uh, one other note I have here is the um, delivery of Wendy's called by the way. They told me that you're fired. <laughs> I wrote down, they told me that you're fired. Because he <laughs> gives it, because Natison doesn't usually have that sort of odd deliveries necessarily. Not like a Mike Carrera who will kind of like change up the pronunciation of certain words to fit better. But mm-hmm. like for Mac, for Matisse and here to go, they told me that you're fired. So that's that note. What else do you have? Uh, I was just I'm sitting back waiting for you to tell your Windy story. That's right. You say Windy. You just said Windy. Windy's. Windy. Say it again. Windy's. It's a little closer that time. Wendy's. You, you mock me for hot dog <laughs> all the time. I can't get on you for Windy's. Sure. So, yes, this song has the classic, classic line of Wendy's called, by the way, they told me that you're fired because you've been sleeping all day, Matt Thiessen. And he actually did work at Wendy's. That's been in other interviews. That is a fact that he worked at Wendy's. Um, I got a job at Wendy's in 2005 in New Hampshire, in Manchester, New Hampshire, and I've talked about this. Or 2004 into 2005, because you know what I mean? I don't remember what specific month I started and when I quit and when the story takes place of when I quit. But basically... We met in like November of 2005, so like right before 2006. But yeah, this was the last job I had before I moved to Florida and met you in 2005. This is the last job I had in in New England. In Manchester, New Hampshire, I worked at a Wendy's and it was perfectly all right. I loved Wendy's food, so I'm like, this is cool. Oh my gosh, I can't believe their chili is made out of yesterday's hamburgers, which is not as gross as it sounds, like, because the chili meat has to sit around. But, like, basically, if you had a hamburger on the grill that nobody ate, that nobody ordered, it was already too cooked, you put it in the, in the chili container and they would chop it up and put it in the chili. That's how it works. Good. You're not being wasteful. Yeah, exactly. One day, they never trusted me to give me any kind of register time i don't know how long you had to be there before they would give you an actual register like i was just like i was the most i was the most trustworthy boy but wendy's didn't trust me (laughs) and i opened the store with this really grizzled older lady who in my mind was 60 and hated life she could have been 34 In the early two in the early 2000s for all i know but she was a very grizzled new hampshire townie Hated her life, or acted like she hated her life at least. Got in, just kind of farted around, just did stuff. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll pack up the salads. I'll get that all chopped up. I'll do all this. It's just me and her opening. uh, Whatever time we open, say it's 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. It's 10 a.m. The (laughs) store is officially open. And maybe the the drive-thru was supposed to open half an hour before the the dining room. Someone pulls up. We are officially open. They're like, hello? I can't say, hello, I'll take your order because they won't give me the register. I don't even have to handle the cash. I could have just typed the thing in, but they wouldn't give me a password to access the computer. She's the only one who could take their thing. I'm like, "Uh, there's someone here, and she just doesn't want to get up and work. Whatever. She had a bad night. I don't know. I'm sorry, but we're here. It's open. Let's go. (laughs) I'm what? 21 and you're 34 or 60 and you won't get up and take the order this is what we're here to do this is our job 
Right. I'm actually being responsible. And she she just doesn't care. And she doesn't get up and do it. I'm like, they're here. And they're like, hello, hello. And so she finally like, oh, gets up, walks <laughs> over, puts on her headset. Oh, I have a little headset here. I can just put on. What do you want? Oh, <laughs> so then he goes, you know what? And then says F you. Actually says F you and drives off. The 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 drive through wow. the drive through patron was completely right. I yeah. mean, aside from the fact that it's rude, whatever. They had every right to be mad and say that. And I'm like, what was that? And she's like, blah, 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 I don't know what she said. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm going to I'm going to college in two months. I don't need this four fifty <laughs> an hour or whatever it was. So I took off my took off my apron and walked out the door, and just never turned back. I went back one more time to pick up my paycheck. I was just like, I'm gone. I said I did at least said. I'm out of here. I was like, if you don't want, if I can't do anything, if you, if this, if this store ties my hands and won't allow me to be the responsible good boy I am and do the work, <laughs> right? And then I'm like, I can't work here. I thought this was the one that you quit so that you could go to the show, or you were just going to go to the show the night before or whatever, and ended up staying out too late and just didn't want to show up. No, the next that's a day. different. That 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 is um the job I had before Wendy's. Oh, that okay. was a grocery store ah. and i went to an aquabat show in rhode island which is you know two <laughs> hours away and i was gonna and i stayed at my friend jeff's apartment who was already in rhode island for college i slept on his floor i was gonna get up and get to work that day oh no it was wendy's i'm sorry you're right no but that's not how i quit no let me start again are we starting with the whole Wendy's bit no, all over again? No, let's just accept the fact that I messed it up and we'll move forward. It wasn't the grocery <laughs> store. The grocery store would have noticed if I was missing. No, this was the same Wendy's, but I didn't get fired or quit for that. Oh, okay. I just was, however far Manchester, New Hampshire is from Providence, Rhode Island, <laughs> I was hundreds of miles, I was like 150 miles away or whatever. And I just didn't show up, showed up for my next shift the next day or two. No one said anything. Wow. No one said anything. Wow. I woke up. I, w- I woke up in my friend uh, Jeff's apartment in Rhode Island and was like, oh, crap. I'm never going to get to Manchester in time for my appointment. You're so metal, took my time. I know. Took my time getting home. Back then, they're not there anymore, but they had Tim Hortons in Rhode Island at the time. They nice. went out of business since then. I stopped at Tim Hortons. I drove through Massachusetts, got into New Hampshire. Went home, <laughs> went back to work, and no one said anything. I did have to go back to that Wendy's one more time after my quitting day. I didn't say anything bad to the lady. I just was like, I, you know what, I can't deal with this, and I just walked out. But I went back one more time on a busy day where there was actually like a room, uh, you know, a, a kitchen full of teenagers there, and her, and possibly the manager who was uh-huh. a nice enough guy, but clearly also didn't really care too much about his job. Sure, and um, who was younger than her for sure, and they. Um, they, I showed up and like this teenage girl was like whatever her name was. If her name was Kathy. I'll just say Kathy because of the Ack Ack comic. If she was like, Kathy, your best friend's here, because <laughs> she must have been telling stories about me <laughs> when I left, right? She, I'm sure she told it from her point of view. But I'm like, I'm never gonna see any of you people again. <laughs> I don't care what you guys make up about. If she even like flipped it and said I got mad or something at the customer, I don't care because whatever. I never saw them again. Wow. That's my quitting Wendy's story. I don't think I've told it that in detail before. So anyway, that was my experience. And the other thing was like, when I got that job at Wendy's, that was 
only a couple months or weeks after what ended up being the last time I talked to Matt Thiessen at a show. Uh-huh. So I assumed that someday I would talk to Matt Thiessen again, probably soon at Soul Fest or some other Christian festival in the Northeast or a show or something. But it just so happened that that was like the last, I was never going to actually talk directly to Matt Thiessen again. And I thought to myself, like, because I'm a, because I was a teenage dork back then, I was like, someday I'll be next time I see Matt Thiessen, I get to tell him, hey, I've worked at Wendy's like you have. <laughs> but that day never came. <laughs> Probably the last time I talked to Matt Thiessen was like the those mm-hmm, release shows that happened in Boston that aren't well recorded online. That that, that uh, John Schneck helped me figure out what those were because he didn't play at them. It was in the short period of time before uh, when right. Warren had replaced Brian, Brian Pittman, Pittman yeah. but before Schneck joined. So, another reference in this song is Matchbox 20. And we already talked about them in that one specific, <laughs> specific problem I have, but... It's funny that, like, when you hear 3 a.m., because she says, it's 3 a.m., she said, who are you, Matchbox 20? Um, I, sp- I do remember when this song was played at Soul Fest a year, for a year or two. Maybe just maybe they just played it earlier on. Uh, when they said, who are you, Matchbox 20? Like, the crowd went, woo! Like, they, <laughs> like, they do a reference. Like, it actually got the crowd with the reference. Nice. And because it's a more low-key song, it's a more mid-tempo song. Like the the lyrics on stage live were clear to the were clear to the audience, so they got sure. it. She, it's three a.m. She said, "Who are you, Matchbox 20? Because that was their big hit, three a.m. So, do you know the song three a.m. by Matchbox Twenty? Uh, yes, I couldn't have told you who it was by, but it was like when I looked up three a.m. Matchbox Twenty, and it started. I was like, "Oh yeah, I know this song." Yeah. This was a pretty big hit. I remember this playing around, uh, playing on the radio and stuff all the time. I remember people at the time being like, oh, yeah, I love Matchbox 20. Oh, Matchbox 20 being a big deal. And like people's favorite bands being Matchbox 20, but not having a very clear idea of who they were. Right. Oh, this album is 96. So this album is a too, little earlier than Yeah, because I was just too young. I was listening to like Hanson and Mbop. Like, I don't know what music <laughs> this is This kind of sounds like Hanson. <laughs> I mean, he's got, so he's got the butt rock voice. That's the other thing is like Matchbox 20, Matchbox 20 and Three Doors Down have the butt rock Pearl Jam, post Pearl Jam voice. Oh, I think I went to my first concert in 1996. Maybe it was 97. I went to a Spice Girls concert. Right. (laughs) Um, But Third Eye Blind does not have the butt rock voice. They don't have that at all. But like instrumentally... He's got that, like, mm-hmm. pseudo-Southern voice that you think of with, like, Pearl Jam and Creed and Nickelback and stuff. Right. But the instrumentation is so much cleaner. It's not really grunge, you know what I mean? And it's funny that they mention this song because it's got... I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but this has a combination. It might not actually be acoustic. I think I feel... Whether there's actual acoustic guitar in this song or not, it feels like it's acoustic. It feels like that first part, like this is electric. So there's something about the instrumentation of Wake Up Call that feels in a similar 
cadence to the instrumentation of 3 a.m. And I don't know if that's just a coincidence, but 3 a.m. Uh, wake up call has that acoustic lead that leads into an electric lead mm-hmm. and goes back. I've never put headphones on when I've listened to 3 a.m. by Matchbox 20, but it, that, that slow part at the beginning sounds like there's acoustic guitar buried in there until it really kicks off with the, she said, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is more like what, I mean, it's... This is just adult contemporary. <laughs> this is like adult contemporary. This is like more like which is such a weird yeah which is such a weird classification but definitely like adult contemporary was a big like that was like a keyword in the 90s that you would use to describe certain music this is like because okay the term college rock is a very specific genre but this to me like dave matthews band or like a goo goo dolls or like a cake this is like postgraduate rock. Right. This is postgraduate <laughs> rock. This is rock music for slightly more mature people than people who would listen to punk or or you know more garagey bands. You're Gen X. You just graduated. You get your dream job right out the gate, exactly. making a six figure salary or a high five figure salary. And this is the soundtrack to that summer. Yep. <laughs> You're so bummed because you got to go start working at your dad's law firm next, you know, when the summer ends. And the house that you got didn't have all of your (laughs) wish list items. Yeah. Man, Gen X, they had it so hard. (laughs) Well, Gen X, you go think about how you wasted your time, how you needed the real wake-up call, and you needed to be more grateful (laughs) while we go take our break. And we'll be right back. If you enjoy Sadie Hawkins Pod, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and interact with the show by calling our voicemail line, 402-95-SADIE. You can send an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com and visit our Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for the link to our Tee Public Store for shirts, mugs, and stickers, including two brand new designs. Following in the history of all of Reliant K's logo parody merch, we have a Chick-fil-A parody design. And to prove to everyone that we are in fact the most punk rock podcast, we have a new Black Flag logo parody. You know, something that's original and that we could really call our own for once. We also want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. Jarrett, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Helen, Samantha, Roxanne, Jimmy, Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David, and Brady. You can sign up at our Patreon for bonus episodes, which include us reviewing the songs from Chaos for Karaoke and reading through the complex infrastructure book. Ooh. Treat yourself right in 2021 with Sadie Hawkins Pod, the door to a happy, healthy life. <laughs> So the last note I had on the song before we get into your deep dive is just to wrap up with Benediction. And that song, those the lyrics, we already basically talked about everything there is to talk about Benediction earlier on when I said the summertime, Pride becomes before summertime and fall. But uh, the lyrics to Benediction in the booklet are under Wake Up Call. So that even more confirms that it's really just one song yeah and that they broke it out on a separate track in like an early version of 
that this was always a thing, I guess, that fascinated them as a band or yeah. Matt Thiessen or somebody, that this is how they liked to do sequencing. That uh, this is always how they yeah. liked, that they, this is something they do with sequencing way more on Forget and Not Slow Down, but something that they were already like interested in of having little codas to songs and breaking them off onto their own separate track. And the other thing I have here is that I don't really know who it is singing. Taking the lead on, part. On Benediction. Taking the lead vocal. It doesn't, it, I don't think it's Tyson. And this comes up all the time because Hoop's lyric, Hoop's singing on these first couple albums are so, his tone is just so similar to Matt Tyson's that like many people don't realize when it's Matt Hoop singing lead or even Dave Douglas because I hate, so hate consequences. Like they're just, I don't know, the fact that they all just, came up together they all just have a very similar tone and and you really have to put you know big antennas on your ears to figure out who's singing right now but it it sounds like it doesn't sound to me like Tyson singing the lead part it sounds it sounds very similar to him but I hear Tyson also in the background much clearer so I think personally it's Steven singing especially because Steven was a vocalist we see it in the credits to the album you see it in the Detroit 2000 show uh, so, and it, I don't know. I don't know if Steven ever sang any lead on anything else. So maybe they just did that for this. So we have song meanings this week. Oh, good. And we could not find our physical, either of our physical copies of the self-titled this week. And I don't believe there's like an insert in the, um, in the vinyl that we have. But according to song meanings, this song was written by Tyson and Pittman. Well, no, the booklet wouldn't help us because they did the Democratic Ramones thing on the first album where they gave writing credit to all four members. So they would kind of have an equal four-way split, I guess, on royalties Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, I wonder why they only singled out those two on song meetings. Yeah, I don't know where they might have gotten that. But if you look at the credits, Hmm. remember, we've come across this like on K-Car, how Cushman... Or any song that's on the self-titled and on All Work and No Play, Cushman wouldn't have been a writer on those songs necessarily. We, there's no proof of that. Right. And yet he's credited with every song. Mm-hmm. All, the, all four band members are credited with all four songs, and that just can't be the case. Halita Zeba, 19 years ago, said, Doing things wrong, then suddenly seeing what you need to get your act together. Yes. Yeah. That is very accurate. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Music Chick 21 said, let this song be your wake up call. Emo Davis, 18 years ago, said. (laughs) The way you went call, I said you were going to say more. (laughs) Said, "Um, I'm not religious or do I like Christian music, but Reliant K, now that's some good Christian punk. You are not punk, 18 years ago, said, I agree, man. I am definitely not, in all caps, religious or liking the Christian thing. But a few Jesuses here and there are worthwhile for this jam. It's so positive. Skeesh, 18 years ago, said, reminds me of that song by Matchbox 20 in a way. Jelly Donuts. Well, see, he just hit on... (laughs) Okay. Maybe that's that that you that uh, YouTube user, but that that user's like thing, like they end every comment with jelly donuts. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but see, they hit on the thing that I only just hit on now after twenty years or twenty one years. I I just now was like, oh wait, instrumentally the the three a.m. by Matchbox and this song have a similar DNA. Yeah, 
This song was on the radio as recently as October 23rd of 2020 on WJTL 90.3 FM on some sort of rock show with John Stefari. Uh, He played it during hour two, right after Worst Enemy by Adelaide and right before We Were Just Kids by Brave Machine. Nice. (laughs) I, uh, from all my Twitter lurking... When I search Relying K on Twitter and see what everyone's talking about, there are a couple of Christian stations that, like, will tweet, auto-tweet exactly what they're playing at that moment. So I see that all the time. There's a couple of those, and they'll play Relying K pretty often. So, And I always skip. I don't like or do because I'm like, these are auto things. So, And I don't know if they were – and I never looked in if they were just internet radio or actually, you know, real radio waves. This song is weirdly on Apple Music's official Reliant K Essentials playlist okay. also. So, I mean, sh- sure, sure. Wait, how did you find that? Because you haven't been on Apple Music in a while. Was because it, it com- came up in the deep dive. How long, though, was the Essential app? Would you, are you able to look at what other songs are there? Yeah. Because didn't we come across the fact that, like, you know, Spotify's essential playlists will cap out in an hour, but some of the Apple essentials playlists will be like four hours long if the band has enough songs. It's 15 songs and 53 minutes long. Okay, and that's on a here we playlist. have Be My Escape Acoustic, Must Have Done Something Right, Who I Am Hates Who I've Been, The Best Thing, Getting Into You, Sadie Hawkins Dance, Don't Blink, Forgiven, Pressing On, Softer to Me, For the Moments I Feel Faint, I So Hate Consequences, college kids bumming and wake up call okay now we did a patreon episode where we figured out what we believe to be the quintessential reliant k playlist we called it sadie hawkins pods essential reliant k playlist where we systematically went through every album and we had to pick a minimum a maximum of two songs per album and if we wanted more songs for another album we had to take we had to take it down to one song for another album. Remember that? Right, yeah. We had to swap out, you know, points for other albums. And on that, we picked... That's funny that they only picked Wake Up Call on that Essential playlist. On our Essential playlist, we picked Hello McFly and Softer to Me. Ah, yeah, they did Wake Up Call and Softer to Me. There's a forum on Chorus FM from 2017 where they did like a bracket thing, picking the best Reliant K songs and facing them off uh, against each other on songs from other albums. Okay. And so they, they were trying to figure out whether to pick Wake Up Call or Softer to Me for the song to be picked off of the self-titled. Mm-hmm. And they ended up picking... I would probably guess Softer to Me, right? They did end up picking Softer to Me, although a a number of people were saying that Staples is the true winner on this album. Ka-chunk, ka-chunk, (laughs) ka-chunk. Yeah, gang vocals. (laughs) Classic gang vocals. Yeah, so the final score was Wake Up Call only got two votes and Softer to Me got five. Oh, one note I forgot to write down about this song is that this is not a punk song. This is not a punk song. No. Flat out 100%. It was especially funny that those song meaning kids were like, this is my favorite punk song or whatever. This is not a punk song. And this is like one of the primo cases for the fact that I denied for years the idea that Reliant K would be considered a punk band because I had seen Matt Thiessen interviews in the early 2000s. I had seen him in stage banter during the first three gears 
saying we're not a punk band we're a pop rock band and that's kind of how they marketed themselves and i i guess eventually they might have given up to the zeitgeist that just said all fast rock is pop punk this is not a this there's nothing punk about this song there's nothing it is just a pop rock song and this leans like i said this is more like a matchbox 20 song or it maybe gives you more to like the weezer side of things the weezer side of their influence so I don't know who made the Reliant K Reddit banner, but I love it. It's oh, super yeah. fun. I did my deep dive on an actual computer instead of on my phone like I usually do this week. So mm-hmm. I was able to actually see like what the Reddit like desktop looks like. So awesome job to whomever put together the banner over there. So Kel Me About It one year ago asked uh, what everybody's favorite song off every album was. Mm -hmm. And there were quite a few people who picked Wake Up Call as their favorite off of the self-titled. And then the last piece of business is over on Medium, Wake Up Call with Katie Couric. Yeah, the term Wake Up Call... is just generic enough that the the YouTube algorithm was like, are you sure you don't want to watch play, hours and hours of videos of people like doing wake up call memes on people? You know what I mean? Like videos of like you start bashing pots and pans above someone's head or you set off firecrackers in their room or whatever. And I, this was, I remember people at our, it, it's also like a senior prank thing. It's like an old thing of like, go and, and start waking people up at like four in the morning with a prank. It's a, it's a classic prank. Classic wake up prank. Not a classic. meme. Classic. We can get back into that a little bit more as we get into YouTube. But first, I want to play, I have, this is a song that they definitely played up until at least three laughs. Two laughs. Two lefts, three lefts, two, two lefts. lefts, whatever. <laughs> Searching for America, <laughs> looking for America. You said that so soft. I thought that this was like a sidebar discussion. No, <laughs> I was just get looking to you for for validation on two lefts, three lefts, two lefts, two, two lefts. I normally know this, but so two they... lefts don't make a right, Danny, but three do. That's right. So anyway, this is a song that they played live for you know those first couple years up until like 2003-ish because so many early shows are not recorded on YouTube, but you have here the classic trilogy of early Reliant K shows that are on YouTube. You have them playing it at Teen Planet in Georgia in 2001. You have them playing it at the Florida YMCA skate park in, <laughs> I don't know what year that was. Right. And you have them playing it at, in Detroit in 2000 with Steven on drums. So all the, the three major sources of old school Reliant K on YouTube, you have all three of them. They're all pretty much the same in a way. We've heard Detroit 2000 enough. I'll probably post a little bit about it on on our social media. Yeah, let's do the Georgia Teen Center or whatever it was called. Well, yeah, yeah, I want to play the Georgia Teen Center because I think it's the best sounding, it's the best aggression of the three, the best performance of the three. But what I want to play first, I'm also going to play the YMCA Florida Skate Park because here, Tyson gives a little preamble to the song and kind of basically gives and this kind of confirms something that i've talked about here and there um when we talked to john one of my questions about relying k overall that i don't have answered is when did they as a band 
decide to, did they decide to stop considering themselves a ministry? Mm. I think the answer is right be- at least right before John Schneck joined. Right. Because when we asked John Schneck, the question kind of caught him off guard. And he was like, oh, you know, a lot of Christian bands are sometimes considered ministries, but they're not really. And Reliant K wasn't really. I think John Schneck just joined Reliant K post-ministry. Sure. But in the first three gears, especially in the first two gears, <laughs> the first two albums, they were cons- they considered themselves a ministry. And here, specifically, Thiessen talks about his call to ministry, which, you know, it doesn't mean you have to go be a youth pastor or something. It just means you go out and you talk about the Lord and everyone can be a minister to any religion, really. And here, this, this is what he talks about, what the song is about in that calling in his walk in his life leading up to being in Reliant K. This next song is basically my testimony. Um, and it's, it's about how I spent the uh, first 15 years of my life as a saved Christian. I spent it basically fast asleep. I pause right when someone in the audience is like, I got it, it's wake-up call. <laughs> I guess this is another, but this is this kind of goes back to that cynical post, you know, in our 30s and 40s, looking back at Christian youth group culture. Like, he says here, he was 15 years old, and he realized he hasn't been doing enough as a Christian mm-hmm. to get out there and minister for the Lord. When you're 15, if you're called to do it, that's great. But when you're 15, like, there was too much, especially with the Christian record industry. We've definitely talked about this, and I talked about it with uh, Semler. But this idea that, like, you're a teenager and you just want to start... This isn't exactly Matt Thiessen's point of view here. But in other Christian punk stories, it's like, you just are a Christian and you want to start a cool punk band. But you also have to minister to people. And maybe you don't actually have the proper tools to actually do that. You're a kid with no life experience. And you're not expected to just go out on tour in a van as kids if you're not having altar calls and prayer and maybe doing a worship song in the middle of your set. You know what I mean? And like the, the these kids and certainly people are called to ministry at any age. It happens all the time. And some of them fall away from it and don't believe it anymore. And some of them stay with it their whole lives, whatever. But there just happened to be this very specific subculture of kids in (laughs) bands just trying to have fun. And they have to do this deeper thing for it, which it's nice. Like so many other bands, so many other like non-Christian bands, you know, secular bands started bands because they wanted girls and they grew up to be scumbags who like expected and became entitled to it and be actually hurt people. There's so many other stories of punk. So there's a, there's another bad side to the coin. I think that it's just also because when you're like around 15, when you hit that sort of time of your teenage years is when you really are starting to be like, I need to figure myself out. Right. I got to find myself. And sometimes the thing you latch onto is your religion. Yeah. That's something that I definitely did. And you you can go the way of like becoming like the characters in the movie Saved. Right. And like that's your big deal thing. And one of the funny things in that is that um, Patrick Fugue's character in that movie was like he was part of the like skateboard ministry and had right. been like traveling or whatever doing that. Right. 
So let's finish listening to Tyson's introduction to this song from, it doesn't say, <laughs> it still doesn't say what year this was, but it had to have been. In other videos from this same YMCA show, they talk about being on tour with Fillmore, so it's got to be like 2000, 2001 or something. I don't know, at one point in my life when I was about 15 years old, God started really just tugging on my heartstrings and saying, Matt, you know what, you gotta go to stuff, like see you at the poll that was last week, and stuff like, stuff like Bible study at your school, you gotta involve yourself in your youth group. We've talked about see you at the poll, you had no thing in that, right? Like, no. I heard about see you at the poll, the point of see you at the poll was this national call for Christians at public schools to make themselves visible by having a specific day of prayer at your school's flagpole. So like, you're not afraid to come together, the Christians at your public school, but then like- I thought it was like the conservative rock the vote. I guess, <laughs> or like no nut November. <laughs> that's that other- I was kidding. <laughs> that's the other special Christian thing that happens now, no nut November, trying to get kids to like, hey, don't masturbate for the month of November. No, see you at the poll. The point was, you're in a public school, have it, you know, don't be afraid to say you're a Christian. Everyone will see you on see you at the poll day at the poll and they'll know you're the Christian at your school. And then you can go inside and get beat up. <laughs> That's a joke. That last part's a joke. But um, like it would also then happen at Christian schools. And I went to Christian schools for the later part of high school. So you just all walked outside? Or yeah, whatever? but like we're there. We're already Christian. And it's a Christian <laughs> school. Like this, this means, I guess like it was like in unity of like, we know we're doing this at the moment when our public school brothers and sisters are... gotcha. yeah i mean maybe I, I i feel like we had to walk outside and look at a flag at some point maybe <laughs> you didn't was, know what it was for <laughs> i mean maybe it was like i mean maybe i'm just not remembering maybe it was like a friend or a friend's mom or somebody was like come on you know we're all going out because we believe in jesus or something i don't know and i just <laughs> followed along i i don't remember yeah <laughs> And, like, I was in a band at the time. It was actually a, uh, a Nirvana filter, Marilyn Manson cover band. It was pretty funny. We called ourselves Social Distortion. <laughs> and we didn't know there was a band called Social Distortion at the time. But anyway. <laughs> I love that joke because I think that's supposed to inject some humor into his, like, testimony he gives before this song. But then Everyone you're in... was confused. But everyone was confused because they're all a bunch of Christian kids. And not... why would they know and under the radar secular band. You know what I mean? Like some of those kids probably don't even know who Filter, they all know who Marilyn Manson is, but some of them probably don't even know who Nirvana and Filter are. Why would they know who Social Distortion is? Um, Jesus just gave me that wake up call and said, start writing music for me. And so I did. And, and he's blessed me. And I, I suggest that you guys just, I don't know if you're on your butt, Get off it. Start looking for Jesus. I want to play more of this, but the kids love it. They do. And I forgot this version kind of oddly sounds like a Fugazi thing because <laughs> nice. especially that like that, that just kind of almost sounds like waiting room because <laughs> 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 
Especially that part. It just sounds so Fugazi or Midwest emo. It's like completely, it completely changes the song as you know it from the album. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish that they, I kind of wish they'd play this song today. So that's cool. I like that. Um, but I do want to play the Team Planet one. And I believe that this is from the Electric Youth <sighs> Tour with Five Iron Frenzy. This is Team Planet in Connors, Georgia, October 20th, 2001. Yes, it is the Electric Youth Tour because I saw the Electric Youth Tour in September of 2001, days after 9-11. <laughs> I'm laughing because it was a horrifying time. <laughs> Oh, Hoops is singing the lead on this part. Or yeah, that's Hoops. I didn't yeah. realize that when I listened to it the I first time. I saw that they were that they were zooming in on Hoops and I was like I couldn't tell if his mouth was moving the whole time or just he just had just himself to do ready. The, like backup. But then they finally zoomed out and Tyson's not anywhere near the mic. So hmm. that's fun. I didn't realize that when I first listened to it, but here here it is again. This is Hoops singing Wake Up Call. It's so Midwest emo. It's so... They definitely have have their stuff together like more at yeah. this show than they did at the skate park. They tightened up really, really fast. Yeah. And it's, it's the best part. And we've definitely talked about it in the early years. How there's this leap from All Work and No Play to the self-titled. And there's this enormous leap from the self-titled to Anatomy. And that's just in the recording studio. And they just tightened up as a live band so much more. Yeah. It just sounds great. And this is 2001. So I feel like the YMCA Skate Park had to have either been early 2001 or 2000. Yeah. I can't really, I think, I don't think it's even Dave on the drums. Unfortunately, in the YMCA, watching the YMCA footage, I couldn't see if it was Dave. But I feel like when we've watched that YMCA footage, they talk about how like, hey, thanks to Fillmore or whoever's drummer for filling Mm. in today. So I don't even... I think it was in the transition when Steven had left or whatever. Uh, let's go towards the end of the song in Connors, Georgia. Oh, 
Oh, I've, I just turned to Jessica and said I want to hear the chorus, but it cuts there. Oh, man. Darn. Let me try to hear the chorus somewhere in here. I wonder who the drummer is because it doesn't sound like that... they're super sure of this song. Oh, no, it's definitely Dave. Say. At this oh, point. okay. Because I saw this same tour and it was definitely Dave then. Okay, well, so, I mean, here's, there's a couple of things happening here. At Teen Planet in Georgia, clearly a church because the drummer is behind glass. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see if it's Dave. The camera's too far back, and then the glass is, like, the, the cut in the glass is right across its face. So if it was, like, Dave didn't make that show that night, I know he was on that tour, obviously, but... Um, so, yeah, here you have Hoop singing the lead, and then Tyson just singing the chorus. That's really interesting. Yeah. And then go check out the Detroit 2000 show. We've heard it enough and we kind of know it's that sloppier thing. No pick. (laughs) This one song I just want to mention real quick. There was a New Hampshire ska band called The Sellouts that I loved. They were amazing. Their two albums, aside from the fact that they were a local band, they were super well-recorded professional albums. They were on Fork in Hand Records, which was owned by a member of not the lead singer, but a member of um, Big D and the Kids Table. It was their oh, record cool. label. And those records are not in print anymore. Uh, I put them on YouTube. And then a member of the sellouts was like, hey, thank you so much for uploading these. Uh, I'm so glad people still are listening to this and you're pushing it. So he went and finally got them on Spotify and stuff. Oh, great. There's other bands called the sellouts. This band had two albums, one called Drop in the Bucket and one called Get Takeout. The Sellouts, amazing punk ska band. And they had another, and they had a couple of songs about how it's hard to wake up and go to school and go to your job. And that was my life. It was so hard for me to wake up my whole life. It always has been. As an adult, once I'm up and going, I'm not tired most of the time. You know what I mean? Uh So as an adult, especially now, I'm like, just grow up, just get up. Once you're showered, you'll feel better. But just that barrier of getting yourself out of the comfortable, beautiful sheets. Like, i that's the thing. Half the time, I don't even want to sleep. I would just love to lay in bed and not sleep. I would just love to lay in bed and look out the window and feel the sheets on my body. But it's so hard when I wake up to get myself out of comfortable bed. Sexy. Very sexy. So this is a song that most exemplifies the fact that this was the theme of the sellouts music i just wanted to play for a minute the song is called waking up is hard to do and it was the closing track to their first album i don't know how much i'm gonna play (laughs) i would play the whole thing okay you get this so i'll go for it a little bit Oh, wait, I went too far. I'll just split a play. Because he gets right into the hug. <laughs> Jessica's doing ska air guitar. I'm playing the bass. Oh, you're playing bass. I'm sorry. That walking ska bass. Yeah. 
So that was my life. That was my life. <laughs> and I, this is like where so many other people like had, you know, punk songs by like, you know, well-renowned punk bands and like, yeah, this is the anthem to my life. This is, this is the anthem by Good Charlotte. <laughs> this was one of the anthems to my life. And like, nobody shares this band with me. Nobody knows this band. I love them. And it's the same theme. It's like waking up is hard to do, but it's the opposite version of that. It's like, hey, I want to stay in bed. <laughs> There's a Hawthorne Heights song called Wake Up Call. Let's play that for just a second. I was really hoping it was going to be like a ska version of Breaking Up is Hard to Do, but with oh, the lyrics the lyric changed. changed. To, yeah. No, it's just like a pun. So it's almost a Reliant K-esque uh, wordplay. Mm-hmm. Here's the Hawthorne Heights song called Wake Up Call. Now, Jessica, do you remember a, a tiny, tiny footnote in our history <laughs> when we were still friends? Jessica we're not was like friends anymore. <laughs> when we were still just friends, Jessica had two Hawthorne Heights CDs, and she was like, "Danny, you like punk music and stuff. Here, take my Hawthorne Heights CDs." And I'm like, "Oh, cool, thank you." I took them home, and they were empty. <laughs> like the, the, the discs weren't in the trays, and I went back to you and I'm like, the, "The discs weren't in here." And you were like, "Oh, okay." You like you didn't want them anymore, and I guess you planned on selling them or doing something with them, and but they weren't in there, and and I think we didn't find them. Until we were married. <laughs> so I, I held on. And you were like, I well. I was not good about putting CDs back where they belong. Yeah. Like, I just was never good with that. But it's this hilarious journey <laughs> of, like, you give me two empty CD cases. And then I think, I don't remember you saying this, but I feel like you said, hold on to the cases. I'll bring you this. I'll hand you the CDs when, when you find them. Because you didn't want the empty cases sticking around your house. Right. I held on to those cases. <laughs> And I had those cases until we were eventually married and all our stuff combined together. And then one day I found the CDs. Fun times. Yeah. There's a similar story where when we were still just friends, had never dated, you had a PS2. I didn't own a PS2. And you and me were at like a video game store, a blockbuster or something. And I was like, oh, I've always wanted to play Katamari Damacy. If I buy Katamari Damacy, can we play it on your PS2? This is in college. You're like, sure. We played it. You loved Katamari Damacy. We had lots of fun and other friends would play it with you, with us. And then we dated. And then we broke up. And I stole back my copy of Katamari Damacy. (laughs) Which I had never officially said was a gift to you. But so I felt vindicated in doing it. You had no other way to play it, though. That's the thing, is I didn't own a PS2, and I didn't go out and buy one so I could play it. It was the principle of the It was the principle of the fact that I had never (laughs) officially... Now, if we had never dated, you would have kept that copy. No, I think part of me was thinking, like, when I bought it for you and we were still just friends, I buy you the game. If we go our separate ways at the end of college, you keep it. If I get myself a PS2... I say, hey, can I get that copy back? I paid for it. And you'd say, sure. And we'd in, in, in a world where we never dated and never mar- got married. But I stole back that copy on principle. I couldn't look at it. I put it in the water cooler, like the, the water heater room in my apartment. The room that's not even a room. The room that's just like a little door you open and it's just a water heater inside. And I think I like put the like the dustpan in there. That's the only thing. A dustpan and a copy of Katamari Damacy <laughs> were kept inside that little cubby. I because did. you couldn't look at it because it had nice memories of us playing together. It did have nice memories, but it also contained the memories of you breaking up with me. <laughs> Damn you, Katamari. 
<laughs> and now we own a Switch with Katamari Damacy on it. And we never we, play it. I played I, I beat it when I bought, first bought it. So there is also a, um, a... This comes up once in a while, but I think I found a band on YouTube, a small local band that never like officially did anything called Wake Up Call. And I think they're named after the Reliant K song because they have a Paramore cover and they have a Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been cover. Oh, she nice. sounds exactly like Haley Williams. Like, nice. And here they are playing some sort of Battle of the Bands in their hometown, playing Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been. It says that they won the Battle of the Bands. Nice. So this is the band Wake Up Call 10 years ago. So if you ever wanted to hear a Haley Williams approximate cover Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been, here you go. I'll go forward. what Haley Williams sounds like I don't know I <laughs> you've heard some Paramore yeah I know the Paramore song that's on the Twilight soundtrack like <laughs> you know the ones I played you where I knew you'd love the visual aesthetic of the video I like Machine Gun Kelly covering misery business <laughs> <laughs> where he fudges the pronouns he doesn't want to yeah. be uncool by changing the pronouns but he also doesn't want to still seem like he's singing about a guy. I think he does change him somewhere. He kind of goes, he kind of just Yeah, he totally I've got, I've got, I've got him where I want him. I've got him where I want him. So, there's a bunch of wake-up call prank videos and I'll just, we're getting late already, so I'll just play this one because it's insane. This is uploaded by Abby and Hector six years ago. They're planning, they're getting stuff together. They're outside the person who they're going to wake up's room. They got a little fire. Why do they have a fire? What are those little red things in their hands? Oh my gosh, that really would be a wake up call. They're just going to light this kid on fire? They. Oh my god. He slept through it. Awful. Oh no. Uh. <laughs> Why are you messing in my room? They just said firecrackers Whoa. off in a pot in his room. And he's just like, and he, and he doesn't even move for a second. And he goes, Why are you messing in my room? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then there's another one with it's like totally fake because, like, it's like acted before. Like, the guy is saying, like, Hey, wake me up tomorrow at 7 a.m. or whatever. This is by Punks83. And they're, like, acting it out. They're like, hey, wake me up at 7 tomorrow. Like, why would you record? I think, I'm sure they're not pretending it's real. And then they play Cacophony by Blink-182 as the background music. <laughs> That's the only other reason I kept this one. And he brings a drum into the room. And he starts drumming. It's just kind of cursed and stupid, so I saved that one, too. So we don't have many covers. We just have the two. Wait, where you were losing your mind over something when you were doing your research. Yes. Are we going to get to that? I hope that we do. I have to remember what that was. Uh-oh. <laughs> Real quick, let's listen to Princes of the Sun. 
as always, this is for the Princes of the Sun with their full tribute album to Reliant K's self-titled Found on Bandcamp. This is Wake Up Call. Jessica's so enraptured by this version of the song that she's decided to go around closing the curtains because it's getting dark. It's like a, it's like a melodica or harmonica or something. Not a harmonica, but maybe a melodica or a, or an accordion or something. I believe a melodica is the keyboard blowy instrument that you would think of with like Ghost Town. Yeah. And when Blink- and when uh, Big D and the Kids Table do spooky stuff. <laughs> I just realized something. I just I don't know if they did a Benediction cover. So let's double check if they because no I didn't find any other covers of Benediction. Yes, it's here. So let's hear their Benediction cover. <laughs> I think I realized like I was not mean with Princes of the Sun at first because it's like they're trying. It's you know we're a positive show. We don't rip apart bad covers. But I don't think they were trying to be good. I that's my now working theory on Prince of the Sun, that they were basically just like having a day, having a week where they just kind of did these covers. They were just having fun. They're just always so off key and stuff. That's fun. That's fun. Well, then one other cover, and I don't know if he does Benediction at the end because I didn't listen to the whole thing, but Taylor Woot is back again with his cover of Wake Up Call. It's the day away, I said because I'm tired. When these go by the way, they told me that you're fired. Oh, 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 so reckless for all these Super transformative, right? Yeah, that's really good. Actually, I was like, wow, this song really works as like a campfire song, which led me off on a different train of thought where I was like, has there ever been, you know, a summer camp serial killer Christian movie? Because like, how great would that be? And if there hasn't been, can we please make it? (laughs) Well, it depends on what you're talking about. If it's if it's a total if it's just a normal horror movie. Oh, there is a movie called Bloody Bible Camp. Yes. Okay. I've seen the cover art on Amazon Prime. Okay. And it's got like a it's got like a nun. So I don't know if what kind mm. of Christian denomination it may, or if it's just that vague mishmash of all denominations in one, like Simpsons sometimes does. So I feel st- I still feel like this is like open for us to make. Like it's basically like a Friday the Thirteenth, but like everybody's Christian. Right. 
But then, then you want to like, what tone, what purpose do you do? Do you, do you do like just killing the Christian kids, or is it from the point of view of like this is a movie that like as if a Christian entered, as if as if a Christian production company made it, where yes. no one's really hurt in the end? Okay, gotcha. Oh no, everybody dies. I mean, except for <laughs> your final girl, but, it, but it's but it's told it, it's tongue in cheek. Yeah, but so you wouldn't do it. Would it be an ironic thing where it's like there's still like the things that would never go in a Christian movie, like the sex and the drugs? Yeah, that still happens. That still happens. Then it wouldn't be like from a Christian production company. Because a Christian production... If yeah, it's... Okay. There's two it's versions like, of the movie. Okay, Danny. It's like Saved, but it's a, a horror movie. Okay. Yes. That's, that's... It's a satire. Gotcha. But I could also see a... Ver- I would also think it's funny to see a version where you play it totally straight as if a Christian production company has made a slasher horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. We could do that too. There's two versions of this movie that could be made. We should make them side by side and compare yes. them. <laughs> I was going to double check if Taylor Woot did the benediction section. I don't think so because there's only six seconds left. But that's still great. I feel like those chords might be slightly different, and like he really transformed the song. Yeah, it sounded real nice. Definitely changed the pace and the phrasings and stuff. That's great. I found. Okay, now I'm gonna. I gotta remember what I was losing my mind about. So the first thing I found is an acted short film series by some high school. We're not actually going to watch this because it's way too long. They basically, I don't know if they were trying to make like a pseudo reality show. This is Hallsville High School Shattered Dreams 2012 Part 1. Uploaded by Maximilian F. George. We're not actually going to watch it, but it's, I mean, I'll play a couple seconds, but it's like a, it's like a, it's like a show. Like this high school wanted to make their own show. Oh, like yeah. it's acted or something. I thought maybe they were doing a fake reality show. But no, it's like... This is cute. Good for them. It's like a short film set in their real high school or something. And at one point, Wake Up Call is in the, is in the background music. Gotcha. I have never seen this. Maybe once uh, that I can't quite remember. But a FMV from... The, I was going to say this year. We're already in 2012. But from 2020. This is by Chase DeMott. Chase, D-E-M-O-T-T. He made his own, like, lip sync FMV in 2020. Like, clearly everyone had nothing to do during the pandemic. (laughs) It's just... But, like, you know, older albums, you find tons of FMVs of bored kids in the 2000s making music videos. But I had just never seen, like an editing fun project where they're just acting out as if they're playing the song and cutting in frames and wipes and all these kind of things. And he's got all the actual instruments. Yeah. It says, a man with with little musical talent and enough editing skills to be dangerous attempts to fool the world with this lip sync of Reliant K's Wake Up Call. Nice. I'm totally fooled. It looked like he was singing. Do you remember Craig 12 Evans? He's this guy. He's this guy from England. Mm, This teenager in England. Yeah, I do remember. Twelve years ago. When you turn the thing around and show me the MS Paint, I'm like, yes, "Yes, I do remember. So Craig is this teenager in England who's like reviewing the song, the album, song by song, kind of the original Sadie Hawkins pod. (laughs) (laughs) I've gone to review the song. It's called Wake Up Call. 
Um, right, we thought that was a Ramones poster in the back, but it's a oh, Paramore like, poster last time we right. saw Craig's videos. <laughs> to be honest, it's... I, I like it better than the I get it. He's saying it's cheesy, but it's not that cheesy. Yeah. But it would have been cheesy now, but it wouldn't have been cheesy now. Um, he's got what a blink, uh, what a, <laughs> it's the second time I've done that. What a Big D in the Kids Table song would call a dirt lip. <laughs> He's got the dirt lip. One of my favorite yep. Big D in the Kids Table songs is dirt lip. Shave it off. Dirt lip. It's got to stop. It's not a mustache. It's not a beard. Something, something. Just wait five years or something like that. And then he, and then Craig also discusses Benediction. <laughs> He's got the MS Paint picture of the yep. word Benediction. Not really. <laughs> he said, "If you're fans of the silly songs, I mean, I guess it's silly in that it's a broken off outro track to the previous track, but it's not silly. It's just like yeah. a a floaty, nice thing." Which but I in in the in the Reliant K in the span of Reliant K, I would definitely not call this one of their silly songs versus <laughs> other songs on this album. Either. Yeah. Especially because it's like it's Even got a tracks it's got a very album? serious name like Benediction. Right. Um, it doesn't seem much of a proper song. It just sounds like something we would have done. Like, oh, oh, let's just get together and just make a song, just for the fun of it. It doesn't sound as serious or anything. It just sounds like some joke. But, but, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> it's like some song which you could start off the show with. <laughs> He's obsessed with the idea that this is supposed to be funny. Yeah, I think well, it's just a series. They've got a different sense of humor over in the UK, Danny. <laughs> they do. That's true. Okay, I found it. I found what I was going crazy for. So yes, thank you, Craig. I mean, I don't think it's supposed to be funny. He said it could have been something to open up the show with. I guess it wouldn't get the blood pumping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it could be like some intro music as like the stage is getting ready to be set for sure. Um, but here it is. I don't remember exactly what happens, but this is the video that made me lose my mind. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember now. So this video was uploaded 11 years ago, only has 62 views. Uh, if you wear headphones, the song is only in one earphone. And this is a FM, a live performed FMV. This is literally live in the room. Like the audio is playing in the room. Like they're doing an interpretive performance of the song for you okay in front of the camera maybe it's not that funny maybe it just caught me at the right time but this is uploaded by matt pelisek p-e-l-i-s-h-e-k it's pretty funny (laughs) it's not going to come across on the podcast they're performing the song like a play. Yeah. This isn't going to come across on the podcast, but this what? is amazing. And I, 
What's what? What's up with these like posters in the background? There's one of like. Oh, that's a, that's another reason why. Because like, this is whoa. like. That's dangerous the way she's swinging the phone there. This is like. Oh, now we're skanking. Why? <laughs> a child just appeared. <laughs> a child just appeared and did air guitar on a broom. So the thing is, this is like a Harmony Korine movie. This is <laughs> this is like the Christian trash humpers or gummo. Like th- their house is a wreck. It's this beautiful house, just like so busy with piles of laundry and the most beaten, comfortable-looking couch. Pictures of angels and Bible verse posters on the wall. These teenagers that look like they've just stepped right out of a POD concert. <laughs> and a sister in a sweater. What's the sister up with p- this, like, screen thing above the smaller, older television? I don't know. Is that, like, actually a screen, like a projection screen for, like, a... I guess they're in for, a house. I was like, maybe they're in a projection church. Television? Like, I don't know where we are. No, they're in a house. It's also an oddly shaped living room because it's really, like, an unusable yeah. shaped room. Yeah. It's more like a foyer for the rest of the house and they just turned it into a living room <laughs> and that's the way she did the when you praise god are you like the when right. she really she gave it like her best keanu right like when you praise god you mean it are you sleeping when you're praying <laughs> nice and she skanks every time there's the breakdown she skanks it it's amazing. And then off in the corner, there's a fourth sibling. I think there are four siblings. There's a fourth younger kid drumming. Did you see him? Yes. Just drumming on a chair. It, like, even when the camera is not pointed at him, I feel like he's doing it. Yeah. This might not... Like I said, this isn't going to come across 100% on the podcast, but this is art. <laughs> this is, like, high art. Found art. Found footage. Amazing video. <laughs> They're using the real phone for the wake-up call, and she slammed it down. I think you're more entertained than this than I am, because I'm like, I used to do stuff like this all the time in high it's school. It's the space. So. It's the it's the space. It's the wall. It's the overacting. It's the messy house. It ends with her punching him in the face. It's amazing. I love it. Please go check that video out. We'll definitely post it as well. So, Dan, do you like this song more Less or the same. I like it a little bit more, but I probably would edge towards same. You know what I mean? It's kind of on the cusp of more and same. Mine is on the cusp of more and less. Oh, I wasn't getting that from the discussion. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's crazy. I'm just double checking. And there's a bunch more fan videos. There's like a Kingdom Hearts shipping video, Naruto shipping video, uh, Uh, A literal music video made of Lego people that's, like, completely out of focus. Oh, a Littlest Pet Shop toy music video. And this is what we'll end on. Adorable. This is what we'll end on since we've already done our our votes for the song. Oh, this is so cute. It's basically a puppet show. It's not stop motion. They're on wires. And they're Littlest Pet Shop plastic toys. And I found out that this is a community online, or at least it was as much as five years ago. They're called LPS MVs. Oh, wow. There's a whole world of Littlest Pet Shop toy music I videos. No idea. I used to love Littlest Pet Shop stuff when I was a kid. It's like MapleStory, 
and RuneScape and Club Penguin. This is a whole nother format of music video that some band out there needs to jump on this community <laughs> and make an official video made out of Littlest Pet Shop toys. Can we hear them throw the toy <laughs> at the wall? The wall? <laughs> yes, you could. Oh, and they interpret the ringing in the ears as a phone ring. Nice. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's Wake Up Call. So, Jessica, yes. do you like this song? Just kidding, we did that. 